Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds, and I am here at Black Hat with Dan Raywood, contributing editor at InfoSecurity Magazine. Good morning, Dan. Good morning, Christine. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming and talking to me today. So we're excited to get to know more about you today. So let's start with um, just kind of a quick overview of InfoSecurity Magazine and what you cover there. So InfoSecurity is very much a um, uh, very much covering the enterprise side of things in terms of security. We uh, we write very much for B2B, so we're writing for the senior level practitioners. So there's a lot of focus on things like strategy, on um, uh, ways of working better, on hiring, and uh, you know people side of things. And so sort of coming to Black Hat, it's been quite interesting over the last couple of years because they've delivered a lot more content around community and um, actually doing this kind of the ways of working better. So um, this is my fifth Black Hat. Not in a row. I missed one in 17. But um, yeah, I've been here. It's my fifth, fifth time here. And um, I think this year it, it's been really interesting so far. Was, you know, we're here on day two. I've got another day ahead of me. Um, but yesterday I covered quite a lot of things like the keynote where we talked about strategy around uh, transformation, which has been a really big trend for us this year. Um, we, uh, Jeff Moss's opening was about communication, how we can communicate better both. And it's almost like he's sort of saying now we've got the attention of the board and politics and regulators. It's almost like, you know, what do we do with it? Um, and then a bit later on, I went to a couple of other sessions around uh, phishing, which was actually really interesting, a very late session. And also, I was at P-Side the day before, so I was covering some things on um, kind of lessons learned and things we can, and ways we can get better and stuff like that. So it's, I'm seeing, I would say I'm seeing a trend around ways of trying to be better. I think we're just trying to get over that hurdle constantly of, of we want to be better, but how do we do it? <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds like you've been really busy <laughs> this week. Um, so at a place like Black Hat or any conference, you know, how do so many vendors and so many different companies differentiate themselves from each other? How do you see that from your perspective? I think it, it, I, I don't envy any company trying to pin a journalist down to a meeting. And I'm sure you're in this position as well. Um, yeah, it, 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 it isn't easy because you, um, I, th I think I actually did a count in my inbox. I've had more invitations to meet. Uh, companies at this show than I had for RSA conference and InfoSecurity Europe combined this year. Uh, it seems to be that it just did a real sort of takeoff in the number of people interested. Now, if you do the math on that and you consider the fact this show is open for 16 hours, maybe a little more, you know, if you do back to back, you still only maybe fit in about 40 meetings. And now nobody's going to do back to back. So, plus, you know, you kind of convey it to the fact that the, you want to come and do lots of sessions because you want to turn around lots of content. Then you think, where, where can I fit in people? And then, so what, what I did personally is I went. Out and I went to a couple of companies I genuinely wanted to meet, and then I went through the sort of the the various uh, offers I got, and I'm like, okay, what's going to turn into maybe an interesting article? What's going to be fairly different? Um, but yeah, to sort of it answer your question, it's it's quite hard to sort of say this is the ma the magic formula to, uh, to to win a top of journalist over, and um, yeah, I don't. I can't sort of say there's one thing that stood out. Sometimes, of course, it's the spokesperson, which is always useful. If a company's got a, p a person that you've maybe seen around over the last 12 months, has done something particularly significant, then that's obviously going to be thinking, oh, you know, I might not have reached that person before. Alternatively, if you've got new research, you've got, uh, you know, it's always, uh, no, one, no one really offers an exclusive research anymore because everyone wants to get it into maximum uh, publications. But, um, yeah, I, d I did get a lot, and, you know, it's been positive. Um, I'm sure I'll get lots of follow-ups in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> 
I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, and, you know, what inter- what topics interest you the most personally? Like, what are you most interested in covering? What excites you? Well, I try and keep quite a broad um, spectrum of things, actually. So um, a couple of years ago, or four years ago now, I was working with 451 Research, and it was quite in- unusual for me to go into sort of s- just covering one or two sections rather than um, rather than sort of taking a broad spectrum, which I would do, I had done previously as a journalist, and I am doing again. So now I try to take a bit of a wide a wide spectrum. Trends come around. You, p- you pick up things every now and again. So Jeff Moss mentioned yesterday about centralised versus decentralised in the room we're in now. I had a very long conversation about this, which was mid-afternoon. Um, so that, that, that's maybe something we're going around how we've done a lot of stuff on visibility this year around our webinar program. And maybe that's a way that's a problem is because things are now offline. You don't have the computers on your network. So that, that's maybe that's one. Um, one thing we do a lot of at InfoSecurity is kind of looking for... Uh, get over these kind of skills shortage and hiring problem stories because there's there's a lot of surveys going around. Oh, the, the, there's this, this problem in you know this the number of people we we need. So back in 2017, we launched a section called Next Gen where we actually feature new people coming into the industry. And I, I wrote an article, well, I ran an article on Monday of this week with a couple of guy, new guys working for a company in Ireland. So we're looking to try and promote those new people coming into the industry as well and find ways to give them like an avenue to get uh, published. Also, we work with university students as well. So we would, uh, you know, go to them and sort of say, you know, here's a way to get some recognition, and obviously it's kind of good to them to deal with the media and, you know, get an idea that we're not all evil. <laughs> How long have you been covering this space, and what got you interested in it, and why are you still covering it? Yeah, why am I still covering it? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm too scared to leave now. <laughs> well, so I've been in, actually, I'll be marking, uh, what year is it, 19? So, yeah, in about two years, or 18 months, I'll be, I'll be 20 years in journalism, which is terrifying because I can still remember trying to get my first job which was in 2000 and 2001 I got my first job um, so I got into cyber in 2008 when I joined SC magazine and I literally was out of work and I was talking to a recruitment person and um, I just kind of got to this stage and I was like you know they, they said oh we've got this job for you um, you know maybe we've got the opportunity and it's like okay and it's like internet security and I'm like well, I've heard of McAfee and Symantec, and I've heard of Norton, and it's like, you know, I kind of remember the love bug, and I was like, yeah, you know, I can probably turn my hand to things. Took some freelance work, and then that turned into a permanent job, and that turned to five years at SC Magazine. <laughs> so I worked with 451, and I've been with InfoSecurity of coming up four years now, so it's, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to know why I'm still doing this. It's, it, it, you know, my team sort of says, you know, you, you get all the stuff, you, you understand it, and I, I, I mean, it's genuinely something that I, I have a real interest in personally as well. I read a lot of books around it. I read a lot of content and I consume a lot of like podcasts. I really try and get ahead of the trends and try and figure out. It's, it's always a bit of a challenge to know, you know, it's like, what should we be writing about? And a lot of my journalists kind of, uh, you know, contemporaries, you know, I look at their, what they're writing and I'm like, well, that's interesting. I wonder how you got to that sort of thing. So I guess security never gets boring. With the people here, you're always available to converse, have a conversation. Actually, one of the things I do love about cybersecurity, and I've said this to a lot of people, is that you, you're full of people who want to explain stuff. There's no one, no one out there is like resistant to talk to you. <laughs> and it comes back to you. Yeah, and, you, and that you're kind of you know, you're talking there about you know the, the people who want to meet you at the conferences, and it's like there's nobody out there going, I don't want to have a conversation with you. Or if I read something and I'm like decentralized, I was like, what does this mean? I just pick up the phone to somebody or drop an email more likely and say, what does this mean? And 40 minutes later, I've been completely briefed on it. So that's a long-winded answer to like, yeah, why I'm still here. It's the constant learning and the constant opportunities, which I, I really, really like. Yeah. 
No, that's good. It's, it's always learning, always changing. So covering um, the space for so long, how has it evolved over the years? Like we're in such a new era now, I feel like. Yeah, good question. I, I joined When I joined in 08 and then sort of into 09, I kind of refer to this as like the beginning of like the APT era. So I guess people have been around longer than that. Including my my now editorial director Elena Dalloway, she would she's been around since '06, so she'll remember when it was very much still um, before the sort of the government hacking, government state-sponsored government hacking kind of went on, and she will still be able to talk about kind of being more about home users and things like that. Obviously, you know, since since I've been here, I've been reading about the '90s and the internet cryptography wars, and yesterday I saw Eva Galperi from the EFF talking about you know, where we're trying to refight the battles we, all, we thought we'd won, which is really, really great about things like backdoor encryption. So, um, it's, um, I've forgotten your question now. <laughs> Sorry. How's it, how's it evolved? Sorry, I'm so busy waxing off about my, my, my thoughts. Um, yeah, how's it evolved? Yeah, it, it's, it's been those things, actually. Sometimes what I'm finding now is that I get to stages where I kind of think, didn't I cover this in the past? So IoT, I feel like I did all this with mobile 10 years ago. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of thinking, you know, we did, we did mobile in 2009, 2010, and it's like, that led to BYOD and MDM technologies, and it's like, and I got to IoT, and it's like, didn't we kind of do all this? But then you think, as you know, because IoT is far less sophisticated than, than phones, but, um, it, yeah, it has evolved, and you know, every now and again something new comes up. So I was with um, FireEye this week, and I was talking about APT1 from I think it was 2013 or 2012. I can't remember which year it was, which Mandiant put out. So you're talking about that state-sponsored hacking thing. Um, the, ju the stories that stick out, like Snowden, like Target, like uh, Stuxnet, the, these things that will stay with you because there's always something new going to happen. And then was it last year, Christopher uh, um, Cambridge Analytica? I think it was last year. Actually, I lose track with it. I look interact with the years, I really do. It's, you know, you sort of think, what happened? We're trying to run through the keynotes from Black Hat previous years, and it's like, no, Kaminsky was 17 and Parisa was 18. You're like, so when was Dan Gear 14? It's like, oh, that's terrible. But um, yeah, you, you do get to these stages where you, you, know, you sort of think, have we covered this before? But then I remember a tweet from Leslie Carhart, which said, you know, there's always every, every someone, someone always new learning this stuff. You can't presume that you, just because you know it, everyone else should know it. So. I think that's important is to kind of consider the fact that there's, like, there's new people coming in, uh, there's people who haven't learned this before. You can't expect everyone to sort of come in with a great knowledge and it's, uh, yeah, it, it's tricky from that perspective that you've got to try and pick things up as you go along and you may have to recover things but hopefully you can sort of point back to things you've done in the past and say this is what I did then. So I asked this question to everyone that we interview on the show and it's what do you think will be one of the biggest headlines of the year when looking back on 2019? Do you mean from Black Hat or just generally? Oh, so obviously, yeah, kind of predicting where we're going forward. Um, so, do you mean like what, what, what we'll remember from 2019? Wow, that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of what what we've had so far. I mean, I think actually, funny enough, is the Capital One breach, which I think was was only last week actually. Well, there's, there's some some data breaches which um, which do persist. Um, you know, do stick in the memory, like I said, Target and some of the ones that, that Krebs has done, like Adobe as well, which people probably forgot about Adobe actually. Um, and um, I think with Capital One, I think it's because we've got more of the Equifax factors again with SW, is it, um, the S3 bucket, sorry. Um, so that, that, that might stick around. I can't think of anything massively kind of political. I guess um, the PSD2 regulation comes out in September. 
I've actually just written an article about this, which is currently about to go to print, so you can read that when this comes out in a, in a month or so. Um, that's one, but I don't know if everyone's really aware of that. That's one of the things I've written about in the article. The other thing was regulation. You've got the, the California uh, Act, which comes out, I think, in January. So it, it's kind of a tricky one, 2019. Nothing really makes me think that's the thing that changed yet. I mean, it will be the year people remember things about DevOps and shift level. Nothing that's new. It's just ways of working more agile, but... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably sort of, I'll probably do a run through at the end of the year and just look at like sort of trends from the year. But here we are in August and I think, you know, something that happened last week is what's taken my mind the most. No, that makes sense, definitely. And then just our last question is just a little bit um, on a lighter note. What is something that people um, may not know about you outside of reporting? What do you like to do outside of it? do a huge amount outside of reporting. I think. So I, I, I literally live on one end of London and work on the other, so I spend a lot of time on the tube and uh, sort of listening to stuff and playing Candy Crush, which is my, my thing. Um, I guess I know it's probably nothing too dramatic. Sorry, we all play, can we all play Candy Crush. Is that enough for me? Yeah, I listen to some really good... I've been a lot of um, soccer, as you call it, a football podcast, um, and literally we're like two days away from the season starting, so that's going to be my year coming up. But... Um, no, I don't think there's anything particularly, and I, I'm not that transparent on Twitter. I do kind of talk about the things I'm into, but generally I think it's, um, yeah, hopefully I'm pretty general. I can't think of anything more controversial than that. I'll take um, football and uh, Candy Crush. That's good. Um, <laughs> all right, Dan, well, thanks so much. I'm Dan Raywood, contributing editor at Info Security Magazine, and um, this is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. Thanks, Dan. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. 